one, two, three, four. Welcome, everybody, to the Life Point Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason, and I am here with Pastor Katrina. Hello, everyone. Hello, and we are on week 17 of our Bible reading reflection. We've been reading through the Bible this year, and we do a little bit of the old, quite a bit, and a little bit of the new, and uh, I've been working through it, um, had, had uh, different folks in here, and uh, Pastor Katrina has been in several times. It's awesome to have her back with us. It's so good to be here. It really is. And so today we are walking through 2 Samuel 7 through 22 and Luke 19 through 22. So, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, subscribe and share, and um, uh, hopefully, you're able to read along with us. It's the plan is on the uh, Life Point Church app. And you can find it there, or just tune in to the podcast and listen as we talk about it. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, we're starting off with Second Samuel 7. We've been uh, going through the story of David, and David is now in Jerusalem. He's moved, moved in. He's got a palace. The kingdom is at peace. Yeah. For the time being. Yeah. And God gives his promise to David through Nathan the prophet mm -hmm. that God had taken him from the sheepfold to being the ruler over God's people. And he, the Lord says, I've been with you. And he said, and your seed will establish his kingdom. And of course, we know his seed was Jesus. So that's fabulous. And then the promise that God will appoint a place for Israel and they will move no more. Mm. And we now in our day and time see that Israel has established a na the nation of Israel. So we see this word being fulfilled in our day. So it's just beautiful. Yeah. And so David is um, talking about building God a temple. Yes. And um, God responds through Nathan and uh, says, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, David. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> he's lived in a tent for a while and he's good. Uh, but he does. He says he didn't ask for it, but his his uh, son will build the yes. temple. Because he's been a man life. of war. That's mm. what he says. You've been a man of war. That's really interesting. But still... Your seed, the seed that you've planted, David, your seed will build the temple. Yeah. Your son. So that's beautiful. And uh, David, uh, let's see. Get into eight here. David defeats the Philistines and the Moabites. Uh, everywhere David went in his battles, the Lord helped him. It says David rules Israel with fairness and justice. That's beautiful. Um, I thought it was interesting. David dedicated the silver and gold that he took from the enemies. He would dedicate them to the Lord, mm. put them in the temple or, you know, the tent 
of yeah. the Lord and used it for God's glory. So yeah. I, I thought that and that gave God the honor right. for the victories that he received. So I just think that just shows you the heart of David. And and it's said of him he had a heart after God. Yeah. So this this part were kind of uh, things are going well for David. Right. They've got success and he's winning his battles. Uh, chapter nine there, David wants to be kind to Saul's family. Uh, he has someone look and find Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. Oh, what a name. How would you like? Well, I bet they called him Mephib. Mephibosheth. <laughs> and he's still alive. He calls him in and David gives Mephibosheth land people to work the land and serve him and he says he can always eat at his table he treats him like a king he gives him honor yeah even though he was lame in his feet yep said that uh still uh, david king david treated him as a fellow king i yeah. thought that was beautiful and, he, and david's honoring the promises he made to jonathan yes that and, that uh, covenant that they had yeah um there's a story, chapter 10 here, King Nahash has died, and David sends his men to send uh, condolences, uh, but they don't believe them. Well, what's happened here in Second Samuel 17, it talks about that uh, they had given, the Ammonites during the Ammon's time, had given supplies to David and his army when David was fleeing from Saul. So he had showed kindness to David. So when the, he passed away, then here David wants to show honor through his son. But it's been such a long time that his son's advisors thinks, well, that's not the true motive of David. He's just checking us out mm -hmm. and he's going to come and fight us. They didn't understand the heart of kindness in David. Mm. So... Look what they do to his messengers. They cut their beards. Not only that, they sh they cut half their clothes down to their rear end <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and cut them off. So they had to go back with half a beard and no clothes on, yeah. <laughs> half of their clothes on. That's a, and that was a humiliation, yeah. not only to those men, but to David, the king. Yeah. And so it starts a war with them. Yep. And David defeats them. And 11... Um, well, I, one more thing about that. Mm -hmm. They had to make peace, and the only way they could make peace with Israel, they had to become their servants. Mm. So they went from having a kingdom to all of a sudden having to serve David. Yeah. And the Syrians that they'd called in to help them were so afraid they wouldn't help them anymore. Mm. So they lost big time by humiliating the king. Yeah. Chapter 11. And so it's, I think it's interesting. It says it's spring times, and that's when kings go to war. Now, here's a principle here I like. After a great victory, many times a great temptation comes. Mm. You get lazy. Yeah. And that's what happened to David. Yep. And the, I think that's why it says that. Yes. There. The kings should be going to war. Instead. <laughs> and David is sending Joab <laughs> and he out stays as home. commander <laughs> to fight the Ammonites. And in his leisure. And David stays home. All right, I'll go through. This. He's he's walking around his roof after taking a nap, and he sees a beautiful young woman in the courtyard below uh, bathing, and he sends somebody to uh, 
find out who she is and brings her to him, and her name is Bathsheba. She's the wife of Uriah. And that's one of his warriors. Yeah. He knew who she was. I think it's very interesting in Scripture. It said, even though he found out who she was, it said, mm -hmm. but David took her. Mm -hmm. That I don't know that it was by her will. Hmm. Said he took her and slept with her and she conceived. So if you take somebody, it's not like they're saying, oh, whoopee doo, does hmm. it? Doesn't it sound like that? Could be. It's like uh, he sent soldiers and said, hey, you're going with us to the king. She may have felt it was an honor, but he took her. She wasn't trying to go after David. I think if you're inclined, you could read it that way. Yeah. Um, I've heard it read different ways. Yeah. Uh, so he, he sleeps with her, and later she finds out she is pregnant. Yeah. And David... There's deception to hide sin. Look at what he does. He, you say it. he sends for Uriah and tries to get him to come home. He was at, out to battle with the other soldiers, and so he tries to get him to come home and be with his wife, so he thinks it's his. Uh, but he won't go home because his other soldiers are still out there. That shows you his integrity, and doesn't it? And he wants to honor them. Uh, he sleeps... Um, in the street, doesn't it say the, at the door? Yeah, in the the gate gateway there or something. And David has a, a, there's a couple of exchanges there. He eventually has Uriah come and hang out with him. He gets him really drunk, and he tries to get him to go home, but he still won't. He again sleeps in the palace gates, and so eventually David sends your Uriah back to battle. He gives a note. Uh, sends a note to Joab, the commander, and says, put your eye on the front lines of battle, then pull the men back so he can, uh, he will be killed. Now notice he committed a greater sin to hide a sin. Mm. Yeah. And that's what happens when you get into this, trying to hide your sin. Sometimes you'll commit a greater sin to hide the sin. Yeah. And that's what he did. And I thought this was interesting. After Bathsheba heard that Uriah had been killed, said she mourned her husband. Hmm. So it makes me wonder, you know, about the whole thing, how uh, how she felt, I don't know. Yeah. But the kind of little clues there, mm -hmm. that, and said he had to comfort her. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so it's interesting. Yeah, so he brings her to the palace, and she becomes his wife. Yeah. Uh, but that chapter ends there saying the Lord was angry with David over this. So I think David knew what he was doing. Uh, it was off, and uh, God was not happy. And so 12 starts off with Nathan goes to David and tells him a story. I like when they do this. They're, this, they're the, they go to, this happens to David a couple times. They go to him with a, to, to prove a point to the powerful person without getting hurt, mm -hmm. you lay out a story yeah. and get them to see it a certain way. And sure. Then, <laughs> yeah. sure instead did. of being direct, David, David might have killed him. Yeah. Uh, so Nathan tells him a story about a rich man and a poor man. The poor man has a sheep. It's a special sheep to him. And the rich man steals it and kills it and serves it to people that are visiting him. David is angry over this and says... Uh, the rich man should be killed and have to pay the poor man four times. 
what he took, and Nathan says, "You are the rich man. You are. Thou art the man. Boy, he you talk about." Then David reaps what he sows. Look at that. Because Nathan tells him, the sword will never depart from your house. You'll be a man of war the rest of your life. People mm-hmm. are going to die all around you. Yeah, it says you'll, you, your family will never live in peace. Never. Because and of we that. see that, too. Yeah. David repents, and the Lord says, okay, you won't die. Mm-hmm. But here's another reaping. The yeah. child will die. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's bad. It's it says bad. someone in your own family will cause you great trouble. Yes. He'll take your wives in front of you. This yep. is prophetic. And that happens What you too. did in secret will be exposed. Ooh. So what you're talking about reaping, it's even worse. Yes. Uh, yes. What's, what's coming for uh, David here? Um, and David takes it. David repents. He says, I've disobeyed. Yeah. He knew it. And it's interesting. Nathan says, you have disobeyed, but God has forgiven you. And he'll let you live, but your newborn son will die. Mm. And David's son becomes really sick. David's in sorrow, begging God to make him well. Um, but his son dies. Um, David eventually gets up and goes back. He was fasting and not eating. and uh, He goes back to normal. He says, it's, it's done. And, uh, but they move on, Bathsheba and him are married and later has another son uh, through David and Bathsheba named Solomon. Uh, It's interesting that um, David said about his son, they said, why aren't you still mourning? And he said, I cannot bring him back. I can't bring my baby back, but I can go to him. Hmm. And I think that was his hope of heaven Hmm. and eternal life. And I've used that before when people have lost a child. Yeah, a way of You may not be able to bring him back, but you will see your child again. Hmm. And that's the comfort that we have. And David had that comfort even then. Wow. I can't bring my child back, no. But I can go to my child. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. So uh, that's the hope that we have of eternal life. And so that chapter ends, David... Is uh, David is a uh, gotten to the point where he's almost um, he he's still a warrior, but he's a cultural uh, icon. Yeah, he to to the people, and so he's called in. Joab is actually the leader of the yeah. of the armies now. He's, yeah, and Joab is fighting the Ammonites, and and uh, he calls David in. Come in at the last second. <laughs> and we'll make it, you know. And you'll look, you'll look like you're the one that like won, you won the battle. <laughs> and he, David does. He goes in and takes the crown and, and the jewels. He puts the, the great jewel there in his own crown. Um, now we get into chapter 13. Some of this prophecy this, starts I call this to unfold. Family drama. <laughs> yeah, it gets uh, pretty messy here. So t- David has a daughter, a beautiful daughter named Tamar. Mm-hmm. She has a half brother named Amnon, yep. and he is in love with her. Um, it's Am- not true love, though. Amnon fakes being sick to get her in his house to help him, uh, but he overpowers her and he rapes her and says he hates her even more after it. 
and then kicks her out. And and then one thing I will say the we were talking about Bathsheba there and David. This explicitly says it. There's no question. Yeah. What happened yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, and here's the interesting thing: when he's trying to overpower her, she said, "Listen, if you would go to our father." He would give me to you yeah. if the, if you really love me. Mm-hmm. And he refused and humiliated her, put her in ashes and all that. And he hated her greater than the lustful love that he had for mm. her because it was love. Because you don't really love someone and put them out in shame. Yeah. But here's interesting. King David heard about this. He was angry, but he did nothing. Yeah. And do you think it may have been his own guilt? Hmm about Bathsheba could it have been I don't know I'm not gonna put that on him but it's just yeah, a it's thought. really stra- it, it's strange that he didn't do anything about yeah, it it says it was Amnon was his favorite it does say could have that. been why isn't that interesting how um, he's reaping oh my goodness how he's reaping to not for his daughter not do anything it's I yeah. don't know but her full brother was Absalom mm-hmm and Absalom's angry too. Yeah. And he takes revenge and he takes time. Notice this. Two years yeah. go by. And he has a little plot. We're going to have a party for all the brothers. Mm-hmm. And when Amnon's heart is merry, what's he do? He has his servants kill him. Yep. And if you, just like you said, Amnon was David's favorite. Yeah. And notice. So Absalom flees, and David is mourning for him. Yeah, so so Amnon's dead. He kills him. Uh, Absalom kills him. And this was a long, drawn-out oh, plot, yeah. years in the making. Yeah, three years um, pass. Three years like have been a, going. Like a mobster and, thing. Yeah. Um, and he runs away into hiding. He lives with another king. And David is so mad, he thinks about taking his army to get him. So I don't know. At this point, Absalom, um, he, he doesn't seem super in the wrong. I mean, he was trying to... I, I understand to, that. ...to yeah. uh, get justice for his sister there. And the greatest thing... And David I, is fighting him over it. He's well, still the greatest thing, it. I think David's guilt, too. Yeah. But the thing with Absalom, he has had felt total rejection. He betrayed by his half-brother, mm-hmm. Amnon. And now betrayed by his father, who rejects him for doing what he felt was right. But here comes Joab, Captain Joab, (laughs) in 14, a plan to get Absalom to return. You know what's interesting, too, is um, this happens, this kind of family drama, quite a bit. And part of it is this, (laughs) this multiple wives thing. Yeah. Where who is the natural heir? It's true. Where people, part of the family, feel pushed away or they're not really right. the heirs. And it calls all, all kinds of oh, trouble yes. for these dynasties, especially. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, so so Joab comes in and um, it seems like he sees uh, Absalom's side here. Yeah, does. Uh, he gets a wise, it says, a wise woman to go to David, dressed like she is mourning. And again, this is the uh, uh, trick story. Yeah, to <laughs> tell the story to again. Get <laughs> David to see something with without him uh, taking you out, which he's been known to do. 
Uh, so she tells them a story about a dip- dispute between her sons and how one of them was killed and the other uh, people now want to kill her other son, but it's really to get l- their land, mm-hmm. something to that, right, that right. effect. Uh, so one son is dead, and and to be just, people are saying kill the other one, but it, it would really not help. No, and she needs her son, and she yeah. wants him to come home. And so in the uh, kind of the middle of the story there, she confesses uh, it came, the story is about Absalom, and it came from Joab, who sent her. <laughs> he he kind of gets wise to it as almost yeah, as he, soon as he, he answers, hey, uh-huh. wait a second. <laughs> this sounds familiar. Did Joab <laughs> send you? And uh, So David lets Absalom return. He lives in Jerusalem. Jerusalem for two years without seeing David and um, uh, that's more rejection too yeah he came home thinking it was going to he was going to resolve everything two years go by and his father doesn't even speak to him yeah that's true I guess he's kind of oh what rejection he's setting the scene for this resentment yes resentment and bitterness yes it is instead of handling this situation so Absalom sends for Joab and when Joab doesn't come we used to sing a song on set uh, Joab sets his fields on fire Mm. we used to sing a song he will set your fields on fire (laughs) and I didn't even know where it came from and here I find it here is from reading here Uh, it's his way of getting his attention yes it was so Joab finally says okay I'll put bring you two together (laughs) and so um, they do finally meet but it does mention there in 14 that no one was more handsome than Absalom. Yeah. And he was well-built and had thick, long hair. Legendary hair, this fella. And so we get into 15. Absalom is now setting himself up in front of the city gate there with him and his servants. And he starts influencing the people as they come and go. And I think it's the, the feelings of rejection and bitterness in him. Yeah. And I think he really means this. He stands there, oh, if I were judge, I would give you justice. Because he was treated wrong. Yeah, because he was treated wrong. And he steals the hearts of the people. And this is called in this day and time, we call that an Absalom spirit. Hmm. When somebody steals the heart from another person. He's kind of pandering to them. Yes, he is. And uh, he's not really being honest with himself, really. Or them. Or them. Yeah, there's an ulterior motive there. Yes, there there was. He's kind of playing playing them. And he's complaining about David to them, too, planting seeds of dissent there. And uh, eventually, um, Absalom goes to Hebron, Mm -hmm. and there he begins to plot to be king. Yep. And, uh, years have gone by now. This doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. This is taking years. And I think he and David are still not talking. Yeah. There's there's still this resentment here. Mm-hmm. And then he calls for a man. Now you pronounce this name. A-H-I-T-H-O-P-H-E-L. Ahithophel. Uh, oh, yeah. Ahithophel. <laughs> Ahithophel. They call him Ahith. <laughs> I don't know. He was one of David's counselors. Yeah. So Absalom calls for him. But here's what I read about this man. He was a friend of Bathsheba's grandfather. Hmm. And he knows what happened with Bathsheba. 
So that's why he is willing to come with Absalom. Mm. Look how this, he's reaping, David is still reaping, goes all the way back to Bathsheba's grandfather. Yeah. So, I mean, he is reaping from way back. And he's willing to help Absalom conspire against his father Mm. because of Bathsheba's grandfather. Wow. So it's interesting why he would do that, and that was why. Yeah. So... Uh, messy drama here. And so more and more people are joining Absalom there in Hebron, and he's secretly sending messengers to the other tribes Mm -hmm. to get them on his side. Uh, So eventually David uh, figures out what's going on probably too late. Uh, They tell him Absalom is basically taken over at this point, and you better get out. And so... Uh, David decides to leave Jerusalem, and there is kind of a long, drawn-out description of this. He's leaving, and he's meeting people along the way. Right, but notice this. He leaves 10 women behind to keep house, and they are his concubines. Mm -hmm. So that's a little nugget that's put in this chapter. Yeah, comes back later. But even though David is on the run, it said... He stops to worship God and pray. Mm. So he's calling on God all during this time, maybe repenting, who yeah, knows? I think so, because the way he's interacting with some of the people, he's not calling them to go with him. or no. be. With, he's like, why don't you just go back and yeah. be with you? You don't got to go with me. Yeah. You know, his attitude seems remorseful somewhat. Yeah, and I think know? maybe he thinks about the word from Nathan. Yeah. I'm just reaping this. God, I think, yeah. help Whatever you need to do, God, here I am, you know. Then you get into chapter 16. I don't quite understand this. But first, at the end of 15 there, he sends, oh, man, Hushia. Oh, yeah, here's another one. (laughs) He sends this other counselor who was going to go with him back uh, to stay. And this is a, he's a mole. He's actually a spy for David who's going to counsel Absalom. And this comes in later because. Another little nugget there in that chapter. And also here at the beginning of 16, Mephibosheth uh, sends supplies and his servants. But he's going to stay in Jerusalem because he says he thinks the people will want him to rule. Uh, which this is his servant saying that. Yeah. Which we'll find out more about that later. Okay. Another one of those. Yeah. And so it sounds like Mephibosheth has left him as well. And so, let's see. On the way, David, uh, there's a fellow named Shimmy. Yeah. <sighs> Probably ruining that. It's one of Saul's relatives. He's cursing David and throwing stones. Uh, David's guards are saying we should kill him. But he falsely yeah. prophesied that Absalom will take the kingdom. Mm. And that's to totally discourage David so David will give up. Mm. It's going to happen. And you, you've cursed yourself, David. It's too late. It's over. That's but, why they want to kill him. But David allows it. Yeah, he does. I think that that's part of that feeling of remorse yes. that he feels. And he said that maybe perhaps the Lord will look on my affliction and he may bring good over this man's cursing, yeah. which God did, yeah. which God did. 
And so at the end there, this is this dramatic scene, uh, part of this prophecy, where Absalom oh, yeah. uh, sets up a tent on the palace roof where everyone can see, and he brings uh, all of David's wives and sleeps with them. Those ten concubines, in front of there they are. And so that was pretty specific to what was prophesied yes. from Nathan about out in the open, this is going to happen to you right. from your own family. Your own family. And uh, that action also made reconciliation impossible. Hmm. And it caused the people to take sides. Yeah. Because they knew that David uh, and uh, Absalom would never reconcile now. Yeah, it was actually a plan purposely. Yes, so that he couldn't. To show that he meant business. He was really going to take over. There's no way going back. Uh, it wasn't even his plan. It wasn't no. Absalom's plan. It was no. the other guy. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Where Chapter we at? 17. Ahithophel wants to take 12,000 men and go after David, thinking that David and his men are discouraged and weak and weary. Yep. But the spy, Hushai, I hope that's how you pronounce it, David's friend, mm-hmm. advises against going, and he reminds... Absalom, that David has mighty men, and that Absalom should instead gather a larger army and lead himself. What's interesting, I think this guy was right. He was right. It would have worked. Yeah, the 12,000. He just wanted to sneak in and kill David. The whole yep. thing would have been over. And it would have been over. He wouldn't have right. had a big war. And he was right. And instead, the other guy said, no, let's do the big war. Yeah. Let's get everybody But involved. he did it on purpose. Yeah. He did and it, it on bought purpose. him some time. It bought him some time bought to let David, David know what was going on. Yeah. And so. Oh, now remember Ahithophel. Remember he was related to Bathsheba. Yeah. He realized his counsel wasn't followed, and what's he do? Commit suicide. Yeah, hangs himself. Wild. He knows he's lost his influence over yeah. Absalom, so Absalom takes off after David. I think I think that was his counsel too. Uh, the whole thing with David's wives. It was. It was. And him. I think he he was off. Yeah. He knew he had betrayed. There was some betrayal there yeah. against David. Yeah. Because he was his counselor too yeah, before. He was. Um so David sets up in the town of Mahanan and he gets his army ready and uh but he tells his commanders to keep Absalom alive. Yeah. And uh so we get into eighteen and the war starts, yep. and they're fighting in the forest. It's a really intense battle. 20,000 soldiers are killed. Uh, somehow it's in the forest or the jungle of some sort. It, it, it says most of them died from the forest. Running into trees. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what was going on. But <laughs> they were trying to really hide, really bad maybe. conditions yeah, of some must sort, have been. sick or something. Uh, so at some point, I don't, this, this is pretty amazing. Absalom is riding along on his donkey, and he gets his uh, legendary hair stuck in a tree. And, and he's hanging there, so swinging by his hair. I don't know how he's by himself. The king is by himself just riding along, and no, they just left him. I don't, I don't know. know either. kind of strange. It is strange. And so the soldiers, David's soldiers, find him. They're actually afraid to kill him because yeah. they know how David is about this kind of stuff. Uh, but Joab... 
Joab is uh, kind of on another level with his relationship with yeah, David. Yes. Because uh, I think he's been running things for a while. And he probably said, this has gone on long this enough. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to end it now. <laughs> so he kills him. Yeah. Three spears in, in the his chest. Heart. <laughs> and uh, so they send messengers. There's a whole thing about two different messengers going. Yeah. And one, one shows up to try to tell David that they've won without telling him. And then immediately the second one comes in and ruins it by telling him that his son is dead. And so David is mourning. We get into 19. He continues to mourn so much that he's making his men feel ashamed. Yeah, victory turns to mourning. And this is why I say that about Joab, because he goes in and confronts David. Uh, He says, look, these men have risked their lives. They saved you and your family. And you're acting like you don't care about them. You'd rather they die. Yeah. Do you love your enemies and hate your friends? What's wrong with alive, you? <laughs> get up and th- any any uh, um, threatens him. Yeah. Basically, get up and fix this or else. Yeah. And um, it's really interesting. Yeah. David was a a particular type of person. Yeah. You see this with Saul. With his enemies, where he had a certain respect, yeah. even Absalom. He's, well, know, I think he still felt guilt over Absalom. Mm-hmm. He knew he didn't do right by Absalom. Mm-hmm. All the way back to Amnon. That's what started this, it. Yes, yeah. that's what started it. Mm-hmm. He knew. He yeah. knew. Yeah, he knew. Maybe he, he, he knew a lot more details than everybody else, yeah. probably, yeah. <laughs> why this was even happening. Yep. Right. Uh, so he does. He finally gets up and goes out and uh, sees the people. And eventually David returns to Jerusalem. The guy who cursed him, Saul's relative, comes and apologizes uh, for cursing him, and David lets him live. Again, those guys want to kill him. Again, David leaving and returning is kind of long. Yeah, we don't. There's a whole bunch of stuff here with him returning. Here's Mephibosheth. He finally comes out to meet him. And what we find out is... Uh, because it seemed weird, like he had some ulterior motive and uh-huh. left David. Yeah. His servants left him, and he couldn't walk. Oh, and that's why and he And they acted go. like he was trying to to ah, be somebody. Lied. in Jer- They lied on him oh, and left him that there. Oh, interesting? They, they took his donkey, and he couldn't leave. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. They wanted him gone, too, evidently. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, David... Uh, forgives him as well and they're all good uh all of judah's army has joined david um they're kind of arguing with each other about who uh uh loves david more kind of <laughs> who, who now he it's means a totally to, different yeah, thing it's really it? weird <laughs> israel the people who are just about to kill him saying how much they love him we want a position, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So on the way, we get into 20. Uh, he There's a, another troublemaker comes. Yeah, Sheba, Sheba of the tribe of Benjamin. He says, I don't want any part of David. I call this another revolt, but this time it's foiled by a woman. Yeah. Yay, ladies. <laughs> and so... It, I think it's interesting. It said David realized the harm that this man will do will be greater than Absalom. Yeah. So he must have really been 
known and popular. Yeah. So they've Joab and his army pursue him, and he hides in this little village that's got a big wall around it. Mm-hmm. And I love this. This elderly, wise woman, she's a faithful to Israel, cries out to Joab from the city wall, said, are you going to destroy our entire city for one man? Mm. Let us help you. So yeah. they cut his head off and throw it over the wall. Yeah. How's that? Wow. <laughs> and it worked. It worked. Yeah. He returns and brings the head back. And well, it kind of makes sense. This guy just runs into their town. They don't know right. what's going on. They don't on. know him. And uh, a whole army shows up yeah, to take him out. Man, we'll give him <laughs> what did we you? do? <laughs> we didn't do anything. Don't kill all of us just for this man that we don't even know. Yeah. Come on. At least Joab listened. So Joab returns with his head and said he advances in rank. I don't know how much higher he could get, but he became even more influential with David and with the nation and with the army. Yeah. Uh, 21, uh, it's interesting. Oh, that's very interesting. Israel has been in a kind of a a drought or something. Famine for three years. They don't have food. And so David asks God about it. He's asked for help. And, and God says this is because uh, Saul killed the Gibeonites. Who were, who were kind to them. Yeah, and Israel had made a promise to them, and then Saul broke it. Yeah. And this was directly because of that, which is really I'd interesting. Th- yeah, and they were not even Hebrews or Jews. So yeah. David asked the Gibeonites, how can we make an atonement for you? Mm-hmm. And he wants seven of the remaining sons. Of course, David spares Mephibosheth. Thank you. Jonathan's yep. son. And said when he gave him those sons and they hanged him, it said then God moved on behalf of the land. Isn't and they that? did it like right at the beginning of the harvest. It's almost like. I yeah, know, I it's know. just pretty it's, wild. It's wild. And then for some reason, it talks about four more Philistine giants die mm-hmm. in battle. I wonder if they were brothers of uh, uh, Goliath or something. They call but, them the, the descendants of Rephim. Rephim? Rephim. Rephim. And yeah, it lists like four different ones there. Yeah. Um, kind of. Uh, David's soldiers and different people in his family that killed him actually saved David's life from them yeah. at one point. Uh, pretty pretty awesome. That's interesting. Very. So 22, our last chapter here, uh, it ends with a song to the Lord. I love this song. It's great. It's actually Psalm 18 is the reference. It's the, the same song. And... Uh, one of them is a song that we sang. I don't know that we still sing it today. I will call upon the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Yeah. I it's, will call upon really the good. Lord. It's really good. It's a long one. I won't read it all. But it's, you, you are my mighty rock, my protector, my shield, my shelter. Uh, you rescued me. Yeah. You teach me to fight. You protect me. I will honor you among the nations. You're faithful of uh, for David and his descendants will never end. I like this one verse here. We've said this before, uh, that David says, For by you or by your strength, Lord, I have run through a troop and leaped over a wall. And we know David was not very tall in stature. 
So for him to say that, he knew that God had done that. Only God could have given him that strength. Yeah, it's interesting. After all this drama, this is this is uh, how it ends, or yes. this, this, you know, it leads yes. into this. It's pretty cool. It is. Uh, it's beautiful because they're not empty words. He's, no, you know, that's coming from man's been through some stuff. You oh, know? lost his sons and yeah. all the stuff he's gone through. Yet he still worships the Lord. Yeah, awesome. and worship is what helps you in grief yeah it really is and so that that was our old testament reading let's uh go ahead and jump into our new testament reading we're in luke 19 through 22 and we start off here in luke 19 uh jesus is going through jericho and there's a man named zacchaeus and I always want to sing that song from Sunday Zacchaeus School. Zacchaeus was a wee little wee man. Wee little man. That's he was probably, rich, but he was small in stature. Probably not politically correct today. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, so he climbed up in a sycamore tree to yep. see Jesus, right? And so he sees Jesus. Jesus comes by and um, calls him down and says, I'm going to stay at your house today. The people are some people. Some people are mad about it because he's a tax collector. Yeah, and uh, it then jumps to Zacchaeus is later saying he's going to give half of his property to the poor and he's going to pay back four times to the people he has cheated. And Jesus says, "Today, you and your family have been saved." That's beautiful. It's amazing. It said Zacchaeus joyfully received him, and I thought that was really. Yeah. A great thing. Joyfully received him. Then we have the parable of the ten pounds about the nobleman. He was going to a far country to receive his kingdom. And he said to the servants, occupy till I come. And we see this um, this story kind of set up again. Yes. And I think it's really, um, I, I personally, I think it it helps me understand what's going on in the world yeah. to a certain extent yeah. of him leaving people in charge yeah. and what we are doing with the world uh, and why right. it is in the state right. that it's in. And then he's saying, I'm going to come back. That's right. And you better occupy. You better to, <laughs> and occupy means to continue his work. Mm-hmm. And, and it said right there in the scripture, Jesus shared this parable because the disciples sought the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. Hmm. You're going to bring your kingdom. Get Let's get out the swords. Let's do it. And he said, now let me tell you a story. Hmm. <laughs> so he tells him about the nobleman who goes away, and, and he gives equally to all three of the servants and tells them to be responsible. But notice this. He also said the citizens hated him and his authority. Hmm. So, I, so it's just, isn't it true? Yeah. It's exactly what was going on then. And he said, I want you to hear this story, hear the principle of the story. And now. And really, now. Really, the reality and is now. And today. Yeah. Isn't it true today? Yeah. So the nobleman returns, and he asks for accountability. The first one comes. He's gained 10 pounds with the, over the one. And he said, you've been faithful over little. Now I'm going to give you authority over 10 cities. Kind of I, That amazes me that when you stand before God, he'll say you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many. Mm. Usually you say you've been faithful over many. I'll make you rule over a few. Yeah. But his is just the opposite. You just do a little bit. Right. Second one, I've gained five pounds. He said, okay, I'm going to 
faithful over little, give you authority over five cities. But the third one, mm-hmm. here we go. He gave him back the one pound. No increase, nothing. Mm-hmm. And notice the attitude. He was afraid. He said, I feared you that you were an austere man. He didn't see the love of God. Mm-hmm. He did not see God's love. He only saw the rules and regulations. But this is interesting. He said, out of your own mouth, I'll judge you. Out of your own mouth, I'll judge you. You could have at least put this in the bank and got some interest, Mm. even if it's 1% or 2%. So he, what was the judgment? I'm going to take the pound you have, and I'm going to give it to the one with 10. Yeah. For he who has not, it'll be taken away, and he who has will be given. Why? He who started out with something and did nothing with it. Yeah. He said, it's going to be taken from you. There's this like expect the whole there's an ex- expectation of multiplication. Absolutely. Which we saw in Genesis go and multiply. There's this. Yes, there's this, multiply. Yes. You've I've given it to you. Now you do something. You with do it. something. We always want God to yeah. do it. And he said, no, I will anoint you to do it. Yeah. And that that's the hard part. Yeah. yeah. But the final judgment, it said those who hated the ruler who hated the nobleman were given death. Mm. So, I mean, it, isn't it a story of it's the amazing. whole, it's the, it's the whole story of the Bible yeah. in one, one little story here is the whole story. It really is. I, I, I think he was, um, that's one of those that's got a lot in it. It's got a lot in it. Um, so we, so we move on. Jesus is heading toward Jerusalem. He sends his disciples ahead. They, they get him a donkey in this kind of, kind of miraculous way. Yeah. Um, so now he's riding into Jerusalem, and people are putting their clothes on the road for him. They're cheering. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to God. Uh, the Pharisees are trying to stop the disciples from shouting for him and jesus says if they keep quiet the stones will start shouting yeah and i've looked that up uh, the cry out they will cry out and some references say that that means they will cry out in intercession for those who have been created with breath have Mm. not praised him Mm. that they're actually crying out in intercession silent intercession and i thought that was so interesting in other words, the rocks would be grieved. The earth would be grieved wow. that his creation that's made in his image do that not can praise worship him. An art. That can worship with a voice. Yeah. Do not do it. Hmm. So Jesus, what's he do? He weeps over Jerusalem because they knew not their time of visitation. Yeah. Oh, man. Could we all say that? Lord, let us know your time of visitation. Yeah. Um. Jesus enters the temple then. This is his last week of life, by the way. I don't mean to interrupt, but think about what he's doing this last week before he goes to the cross. Yeah. Uh, He chases out the people who are selling things in there. Uh, He says, my house will be a house of worship or prayer. Is it different translations there? Mm -hmm. Not sure what you got. Prayer. Prayer. House of prayer. Not uh, a den of thieves. So that tells you whatever they were doing was illegal, and they were just doing it for a profit. And it, it mentions this a couple times. The chief priests this whole time are trying to kill Jesus, but they can't because of his popularity. Yeah. 
Uh, 20. Uh, we get into the chief priests are questioning Jesus about his authority to teach. Uh, he stumps them by saying who gave John the Baptist authority. And that shuts them down. Uh, they don't know how to answer. Uh, then we get into the story of the renters of the vineyard. Mm-hmm. It's a similar kind of story as yeah, the other one. A nobleman, similar. A uh, man plants a vineyard and he rents it out. He leaves the country for a long time. At harvest time, he sends a servant in to collect a share. and But they get him and send him away empty-handed. He sends another servant, and they beat the servant up, insult him. Then finally, the owner sends his own son in, and they kill him because they want to take over the whole thing. And the scribe, uh, the Pharisees and scribes know that Jesus is talking about them. They know yeah. it. Yeah. And so they plot to kill him, but they fear the people. Yeah. Then they come to him. Who sh- Do you pay taxes? Who should we pay taxes to? Yeah, it actually right. says they sent plants. Yeah. Moles in to the to try to Action. catch him. Yep. And uh, he He's answers it. So cool. Yeah. I love that. You say it. I love it. Uh, render unto Caesar what is Caesar, whose picture is on the coin there. Yeah. That's what he says. And he they know they can't touch him, so they stay quiet. And render, but he goes on to say, and render to God what's God's. Mm. So yeah. it's interesting. Oh, I love this. The Sadducees who do not believe in the resurrection, come to him and talk to him about the resurrection. Yeah, they have this whole question about marriage and when you get to heaven, if you've been remarried, who's going to be who to what and who's married to who, and basically says uh, nobody because you're not going to be married in heaven. And then Jesus kind of proves to them about the um, uh, resurrection or Life after death, he says, God's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of the living, not the dead. I love that. That's right. I do, too. Which means they're They're living. living. They're living (laughs) right now. You're just talking. And it says they didn't dare ask him another question. I love that. Um, uh, Jesus talks about their, he's kind of talking about his divinity with David. Yes. As a son. We just read about David's lineage. Yeah. Here we go. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Um, Jesus was David's Lord. Yeah. How did he call his son Lord? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, let's see. 21. Jesus sees a poor widow putting in the money she has to the treasury. He says she gives all, uh, all she has. She's yeah. giving out of her poverty. While the other people are giving out of their abundance. abundance. Yeah. Then the long prophecy here. He predicts the temple's going to be torn down while the they're admiring the temple. Yeah. And then they ask when this is going to happen, and it goes into this long thing. Um, we could just hit some highlights. Yeah, he says, don't panic. Yeah. These, this stuff is going to happen. Right. Uh, it's going to come to pass. Many are going to come in his name. <clears throat> uh, don't believe him. Yeah. There's going to be wars, earthquakes, plagues, pestilence, famines. There'll be signs in the heavens. There'll be persecution. Jerusalem will eventually be surrounded uh, by armies. And this and one, men's hearts failing them for fear, seeing what's coming on the earth. Yeah. It says signs in the sun and moon and stars and yeah. sea. 
but and then you'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. Right. And he said, when these things begin, begin to come to pass, look up for your redemption draws nigh. And then he gives the parable of the fig tree, where you'll, you know, it's summer when you see the leaves coming. Yeah. And he says these these sort of the things he was talking about are signs that it's get right. Uh, the season's going to change. Right. Said, so watch and pray always to be counted worthy to escape all these things, mm. and stand before the Son of Man. Powerful. Yeah, be alert and ready. We get into 22 here. Uh, finishing up. Again, the chief priests are <clears throat> constantly looking for a way to get Jesus and kill him, but they can't uh, because there's usually a big crowd around yeah. who are uh, for Jesus yeah. on his side. So it actually says here, Satan enters Judas, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, It's after he makes the deal with the uh, scribes and Pharisees to... Uh, betray Jesus. Yeah, and he's going to do it by leading them to Jesus when he's away from everyone. Yeah, he knows when he's wh- alone. He was able to betray him by knowing his his kind of hiding place. Right. Uh, it's Passover time. Jesus sends Peter and John ahead to prepare the meal. They find a room. They say this is the same upper room Guess as the, room. the day of Pentecost, hmm. which we've been to, and it's a large room, and it's a beautiful room. And so we that leads into the Lord's Supper. The true meaning of Passover, because they're having Passover with the Passover lamb. And the bread and the cup. Where he says the famous words, this is my body which is yeah. given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Uh, he breaks the bread. Uh, he pours the cup. It's uh, the new covenant of his blood. And he actually at the end there then says the his betrayer is there with them. Yeah. Uh, is uh, right in the middle of this beautiful yeah. scene as disciples are also arguing about who's going to be the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he has to remind them that it's the one who serves. Yeah. He says, I'm here serving you. This is how it works. <laughs> this is what you should be doing. Yeah. Uh, but he also commends them. He says, you guys have stayed with me yeah. till the end. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. And he says, yeah. you're, you're going to sit on thrones and be... Yeah, the judges over the twelve tribes right. of yeah. Israel. Um, then he predicts Peter's denial. Yeah, and and this is what I love that Jesus says to him. But I have prayed for you that your faith fails not, and when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. Hmm. So he saw it all the way through. Yeah, you will repent, and you need to strengthen your brothers after you do. I yeah. think that's so cool. And it's interesting, then he, and then he's telling them how he sent them out empty-handed before. Yeah. But then he's telling them to go with, with the money bag. Yeah, now go with some money. <laughs> and a sword. Go buy yeah. a sword. Um, I, I know there's probably a whole lot to that yeah. particular section, but it's really interesting. Uh, Jesus is then, then goes and he's praying on the Mount of Olives. Um, he's asking the father if you will remove this cup but not my will but yours be done and And, you know this is the only book that mentions that an angel from heaven comes and strengthens him after the prayer Hmm. luke is the only one that says that jesus needed spiritual help yeah to complete the will of god amazing and he's praying in agony until he's sweating blood 
Yeah. Um, and his disciples are sleeping on him. Uh, eventually, he's finally arrested. Judas comes and uh, his way of showing who Jesus is and betraying him is with a kiss. Uh, one of the disciples strikes one of the guards. That was with Peter. A sword. We know it was Peter. And Jesus heals his ear. He says, enough of this. He lets them take him. They take him to the high priest's house. And this is where in the courtyard Peter is by the fire. There a servant girl calls him out. Yeah. Says, I know who you are. And he denies it. Yeah. Other people see him again. This happens three times where right. uh, they notice who he is and he denies it. And it's very interesting. It said Peter followed afar off. This is what happens when you don't stay close to Jesus. Mm. Afar off, it's a temptation to deny him. Mm. But it says Jesus turned and looked at Peter, mm. and their eyes caught. Interesting. And Peter remembered. Mm. And what happened? The rooster crows. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty dramatic. Wow. Uh, so Jesus is in custody now. He's being mocked and beat. Uh, they're saying, prophesy who's going to hit you, that kind of stuff. And then in the morning, he's taken to the council. And here's where we'll end. They're, they basically are asking him point blank, are you the son of God? And he uses this phrase, you say that I am, mm -hmm. which I think was a direct way of saying yes. yes. It was just a... Uh, By you even asking this question... You're saying that I am. Yeah, he was clearly saying yes. Yeah. And uh, that was it. They said, uh, we don't need any more testimony. They got what they needed to uh, condemn him there. Yeah. And so that is where we will end today. Um, uh, awesome. I know we had a lot to cover today, and I hope that as you listen to this, you're pulling it all in and gas grasping what we're saying and that the word will just come alive to you because the word is wonderful. Yeah, it really does. And what I, what I found is that it comes back to you. Yes. Uh, reading it this way in a narrative style as, as a larger story. Yes. Instead of just a particular subject. Yeah. The stories stick with you. Yes. And they come, right. they come, they return to you in a different way. I think, um, which well, you is really see, beautiful. you can almost some in some uh, ways you can even see your own life unfolding, and yet you see how God delivered them. God will deliver you. Yeah, yeah so. you, because it's a it's a story, it's a drama. Like, oh, that reminds me. Yes. Of uh, of this or that, you know. And so, anyways, awesome. Thank you so much for being with me. I love today doing this. being with it's us. Wonderful. Uh, it's fantastic. Continue. Uh, tuning in and, and uh, reading along with us and uh, uh, we will be back next week for week 18 so have a great week everybody God bless Bye. you